Luke Street. This is the Wild Eye Podcast. Hey everybody, my name is Jerry, I'm from Wild Eye. And in this episode, I sit down and have a conversation with Luke. Luke used to be an assistant lodge manager at Tandatula. And as um, when we started looking for new guides about a year and a half ago, his, his CV came in. And I think almost before the interview, we knew we wanted him. A phenomenal talent, uh, great with tech and being able to break down technical concepts, whether it's on a computer or a camera to people. Um, great photographer and just an all-around good guy. I hope you guys enjoy this one. Okay, what are you guys filming? Ooh, we're busy putting together a whole suite of videos on all the camera rentals that Trev and Mike are heading up mm-hmm. and just putting get together sort of their best recommendations, what's available, okay. best recommendations for what safari yeah. people might be going on. One so about two where are you involved with that? Uh, what, with the camera rentals? No, nothing. I'm just filming, editing, and putting them all together for them. So that's what I wanted. Yeah. So from a... Okay, first start there, because I'm super pumped. I'm getting a new laptop, which I'm very excited for, which can <laughs> yeah. actually edit video. Yeah, what are you currently editing on? Well. Uh, currently editing on a MacBook Pro, mm-hmm. M1 Pro, with uh, 16 gigs of RAM. And it's better than what you had, because mine, I've got a yeah. 2019 16-inch, and it's just dragging. Yeah, I think it's exponentially better than the old school MacBooks. Yeah. Um, I've always been a Windows guy, mm-hmm. um, and so I've always had very powerhouse Windows laptops. Yeah. Bang for buck goes a lot further. Yes. Uh, but when Apple released that new silicone, it's, you know, someone that is quite a techie. Yeah. Having a look into it was pretty fun. Yeah. Um, is that why you changed? That is why I changed, yeah. Okay. I can't stand the operating system. Yeah. I find it to be very, like the iPhone. I tried that for two months. And Are I you back a, on a? Back on a Galaxy now. Okay. Yeah, the iPhone just drove me. What about it though? It's just, you know, once you've been like an Android user for a long yeah. time. It's a language. Uh, yeah, it's just not very intuitive. Okay. It's funny. I, you know, they've they've tried to... I'm not too sure what, what phrase I could apply there, but they've tried to make something so simple that it's actually quite difficult to understand. Yeah. Whereas with Android, it's just, uh, it kind of just makes sense. It's kind of like Windows against Mac. Yeah. Windows makes sense in a lot of ways. Look, it's a lot deeper and it, you, people can go down rabbit holes and no, break sure, their machine sure. a lot easier. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, I just find Windows to be better, Android to be better. Yeah. Um, I am coming around slowly but surely to the new... Um, Mac operating system. I've never used a Mac up before. Okay. Before getting until this, now. Until this machine that oh, I wow. have now, or an iPhone before. Okay. So yeah, I mean, I guess I am also coming in as someone out of the cold and yeah. kind of bitching and moaning about it. Because I mean, you you um, know your tech stuff. You, you yeah. kind of you've got a history and you understand it. What would someone like me, if I want, because I've got and maybe by choice in the beginning, because the iPhone was cool. It was like, oh my god, it fits in your pocket or the whole thing. Yeah. So I've always had iPhones, and in the meantime. When we started here, we had iMacs, then we got MacBooks, now I've got an mm. Apple TV, now I've got an iPad. Yeah. Is it possible for me to change all of that? And how easy would that be? Because that's a shit ton of stuff to change. Yeah, I think it's dead easy to change. Really? Yeah, I mean, there's... Because there's, they make me believe that it's not. Yeah. Look, I think that's where, where Apple really nailed it, is the ecosystem. Mm. And the main reason I went, after I got my MacBook, I was like, well, should I better get an iPhone? Because AirDrop. Oh, yeah. It's like a game changer. That's one yeah. of the best things. If but it works. If it well, when it works. <laughs> when it works, yeah. I mean, it seems to work pretty pretty well for the yeah. most part. Um, but you can achieve that same sort of thing on Windows, but especially with Samsung devices. Is there apps for that? There's apps. There's QuickShare. There's, uh, so if you've got a Windows machine with an Android phone or a Samsung phone in particular, mm-hmm. you can drop things across. And you can also drop okay. things from a Samsung phone to another Samsung phone. Is there apps that yeah. I can drop from my iPhone to your phone? 
Not as far as I can find. Yeah. Yeah. And anything that probably is out there is a bit dodgy. Yes. So that's that's one of the issues that I've also picked up on with Mac mm-hmm. is, uh, you know, I've had to spend a small fortune now on buying apps that do things that Windows just does already for oh, really? you. Like what? Hard drives. Getting, ah. you know, coming from the Windows ecosystem, all my hard drives were formatted uh, for Windows. Now, yes. I remember Windows will recognize both formatting languages. Whereas Apple won't. Yes. For some reason, I don't know why they have. Is that when that. I when I plug a Windows hard drive in and it pops up, but I can't copy onto it? It just I can just see it. Yeah, you're lucky That's if it. you can even see it. Because sometimes yeah. there's a couple, and I don't know if it's maybe memory cards, but something I plug it in and it's mm. I don't know X Fat, whatever it's called. I'm, yeah, yeah, I think it's uh, Fat Thirty Two. That and, that. and then I can't. Yeah. I can copy from. I think I can pull from it, but if I do anything on there which has to write to the disk or I put something on, it's just mm. negative, not working. Yeah, I think it's. It's those sort of things that drive me nuts. Whereas with Windows, you can just slap any hard drive into it and it will pick up and you can yeah. work with it. So yeah, I had to get a piece of software to be able to read my old Windows oh, hard drives. Remember, everything's yeah. coming from Windows, from a lifelong user of Windows. Um, which I then, yeah, so I've got that app that works. I then needed to get another app to allow my machine, my MacBook to actually pick up on my Samsung device. Oh, good. Called MacDroid or something like that, and all these things are like thirty, forty, fifty dollars a year. Yeah. Have you um, looked at the, the the opera where you can run Windows on the Mac? Yeah, What's I have. It's called, I can't remember. What it's called. Uh, I think I called it like bootstrapping or something yes. like that. I have had a look at it, but I don't think for the new M1 chips yeah. because they ARM based. Okay. Um, what does that mean? <laughs> so there's two different architectures as far as CPUs are concerned. Okay. Um, I'm gonna probably screw this up completely because it's not really my fortune. I'm going to be impressed either yeah. way. So. <laughs> so you get you get ARM processors and then you get something like a X or 64-bit processor, old school X86 is what they were called. Okay, yeah, that I remember. Um, yeah. yeah, so X86 processors are things like Intel and AMD. Okay. And uh, then you get ARM processors, which are like what you find in your phone. So ARM processors are typically, well, I think, more efficient in terms of the heat that they develop hence your phone doesn't need a fan Ah, and cooling things like that but it does still get hot Uh and i think that's one of the places where apple's managed to get it right is they've managed to unlock these arm processors that Hmm. are very efficient very cool for a laptop and that's that's what's in yours that's what's in mine and what's going to be in your new one is the the arm based processor and what that's done is give a tremendous amount of performance without the requirement of the cooling (laughs) all right so with my windows machine that i used to have before yeah it was a powerhouse i mean it had all the bells and whistles and yeah. all of that, but a laptop struggles to keep itself cool. Because that was an x86. That was an x86. It was okay. an Intel-based yeah. laptop that I had. Before that, I had an AMD. Um, so I'm usually AMD-based Yeah. Uh, with my desktop at home and things like that. But uh, yeah, so that, that's where they kind of nailed it, was getting the cooling yeah. right and getting the efficiency hmm. right. Okay. And you end up with like the MacBook, the new ones, the M1s that are able to perform at an incredible level without using that much power. That's pretty cool. So the only way you can get around this is by having a laptop. Yeah. You know, if you're on the x86 side, Intel or AMD, you yes. can have laptops that far, are far superior to the M1 chips, but, but they require a body that's like two, three inches thick just to get the cooling oh, sorted, you know. Okay, that makes and sense. And you can get away with it with a thinner body. Because if you look at some yeah. of these, the, the, the MacBook Airs, good Lord, I feel like I'm going to yeah. break the thing. Yeah. It's so tiny. Yeah. Makes sense. And the new MacBook Air doesn't even have a fan in it. At all. At all, yeah. <laughs> So people are running into issues with that because you supposedly have this performance of the M1 or M2. And people push the thing. And they push it, but it, it can't keep itself cool. There's no um, adaptive cooling. But Apple so, yeah. does weird things because the laptops, 
you have this. Then they add the touch bar, then they take it away. Then they remove the SD card, then they put Thank it back. Goodness. It's a little bit schizo. Yeah. Yeah, it's strange. Um, I think they got a lot of backlash after the last um, reiteration, the one that you have with the touch yeah. bar. And, um, you know, I, I've worked with Chad Cocking at Tunda Tula yes. for a long time, and he's always been an Apple guy. Shout out to Chad. Um, but I remember his, his laptop. I mean, they're beautiful devices. They're super mm. thin. They have everything that you want, but it cannot keep cool. Yeah. And that's one of the issues with those older, you know, okay. the, the MacBook 16s, 15s, 14s before yeah. the M1s was they just couldn't keep cool. Yeah. And what Apple decided to do was go uh, go for um, aesthetics over performance. And it, it sold lots of devices for them. Sure. It always will. It's yeah. what Apple's famous for is good Opening looks. Opening that and, box, yeah. man. Wow, yeah. what's it yeah, a pretty. It's a pretty fun unboxing experience it is. to open a Mac or it an is. Apple product. Yeah. So tell me, the I'm just jumping back to the video things. So I watched the video that you guys did yesterday where Mike, where Apple and Trev speak about the video. Da, da, da. Yeah. How much of the shooting did you do for that? All of it. Okay, there we go. Yeah. So that's what I wanted, the B-roll. Yeah. yeah. What do you, because we are, the way everything's going, we need more video. Yeah. And I'm playing a little bit with it. You're into it. Not, other guy, or not many of the other guys are actually digging in Johan does a couple of things and so on yeah what advice would you give to them or anybody listening when they want to start producing videos whether it's short clip for instagram or like a video like you guys did yeah run me through that the, the first and most important thing i look at is quality of the video mm-hmm. um one of the guy, one of the things i'm trying to get uh, sort of some of the other guides to to get on board with is always shooting in 4k um, on their phone on their camera everything well and and trying to put the phone down Okay. Um, for better or for worse, phones, you know, they film nicely, they, they display nicely when you're watching it on your camera, on your phone screen. Yeah. As soon as you try and input it into a video that's now been shot on, uh, you know, I'm shooting on a Z9 now, which films 4K. You put that next to each other. Stunningly, yeah. And then you try and drop this other 4K frame or, or file coming out of your phone mm-hmm. into the same timeline, and there's suddenly a very big drop off in terms of quality, and that's just because of the noise production that happens. Is it sensor size? I'm, uh, 100%. I mean, it's happening from the sensor, but it's also... It's, it's lenses, it's all sorts of things. I mean, a sure. camera body is yeah. designed to do this, whereas your phone has this little hump on the back that's designed to die. It's not, it's not rocket science yeah. to see why one can't do what the other can. Sure. Um, nonetheless, phones are incredible. And I often recommend to people, you know, you have people that get hold of you, oh, we're going on safari to the morrow. Yeah. What should I bring in terms of a wide angle? Mm. Bring your phone. Bring your phone. If it's a new iPhone, new Galaxy, the wide angle on those things is incredible. Yeah. And it's going to get you a wide angle shots that sure. you're looking for. I mean, if you die hard about getting wide angle shots and you're wanting to print them, take your 16. Then, then take your 14 to 24 or whatever it is, or 16 to 35, whatever brand you're working with. Yeah. They all seem to have different ones at that range. But uh, yeah, so for the most part, film in the best quality you possibly can. Try and film upper rates or frame rates. You know, I always try and stick to 4K 60 frames. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can get away with, with filming 4K 30 frames, but that I only use when it's low light. Uh, the reason being is yeah. if you're shooting at 60 frames mm-hmm. um, per second, then you should be shooting at a shutter speed of 125. So you, you should double. always double that, that okay. number, and that gives you a smooth feel okay. to the film. Can, can we quickly, I know there's people listening, a lot of our clients want to dabble in video. Yeah. Lots. So you just spoke yeah. about 4K 60 frames 30. Yeah. Just dumb that down for me. Mm. What does that mean? What is the difference between shooting at 60 and 30? What, what does it do? So as I was saying, 60 frames per second allows you to shoot. So, so 60 frames is going to give you a smoother feel to the video, more not cinematic. Cinematic requires you to be very steady with your camera yes. on a tripod and usually filmed at sort of 24 frames a second. Okay. But if you're trying to move your camera and actually handhold it, Shoot it at 60 frames a second. You'll then be shooting it at 125 shutter speed. Okay. Um, 
And so you can see the loss of light there already compared to 30 frames a second okay. and therefore shooting at 60, yes. 1 over 60 on the shutter speed. Yeah. You're doubling your light. You're okay. giving a whole, whole extra stop uh, into the light. So generally speaking, if it's good light, I shoot at 60 frames. And as soon as the light starts to dim, I then shoot at 30 frames. And therefore you can halve your shutter speed okay. and get more light. So for people you know. listening, easy answer. Lots yeah. of light, 60, little light, 30. Yeah, yeah. It's sort of the same as, you know, people get fascinated by the ISO thing. If you're shooting in brilliant lights, yeah, shoot at a lower ISO. You know, it's that same sort of thing. Okay. Uh, in simple terms, I could go on about that for yes. a while because <laughs> uh, that's a big topic. Um, but yeah, so the, the film thing has become definitely become something that I'm very, uh, very interested in, and, mm -hmm. and really enjoying all the editing and getting things to time out of time with sound and and so forth. I know we've spoken a bit about yes. the best source for. Um, Music. I think you said epidemic. Hey? Epidemic. Yeah, well I'm, I'm using them now. I'm on yeah. like the month trial and stuff, and that's really good. Yeah, there's a lot going really on. Really nice. Yeah, you, you do get you do go down rabbit holes because you're trying to find the exact right thing. And typically, what I look for in a good song is that beautiful intro that then has a sudden boom drop, and that's where so you, you can cut, cut to like according a, to those. Yeah, yeah. But you do have to be careful because you constantly try and make things work to the time, and it makes you pull your hair out, and yes. you constantly. Clicking, you know, <laughs> manipulating the duration and the speed ramping and the this and yeah. that to make things line up. And at the end of the day, you export it, you try to play it back. It looks like shit. So you can, yeah. <laughs> How many so. times have you worked on a project, you got your music, you do everything. And then at the end, you're like, uh-uh, back to the drawing, get another piece of music, start fresh. Yeah, uh, quite a few times. Yeah, Quite a few it's times. It's part of the course, I yeah. guess. Music is just as important as one of the clips that's coming in. Um you know, so yeah, it's 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 tricky. Mm. You go back and forth, yeah. and you go refilm things. Like I had to refilm Mike and uh, Trev the other day with their camera rentals. Well, we can blame them. That's easy. Of course, I mean, it's that face yeah, of Trev. The you talent know. you work yeah. with. I mean, yeah. What do you want? <laughs> yeah. So, so let's say John wants to go on safari. He's listening to this. Okay, I understand sixty and thirty. He now wants to Jono because be... no, that's not going to work. Jono, sorry, bro, he's not great with video. <laughs> anyway, <Yeah. laughs> so and they want to create a story of this. They are a safari. They South Luang whatever. Yeah. Do you, when you create videos, there's, there's, to me, in my mind, there's two approaches. I go and sit down, like I'm, I'm working on presentations now, and I have to see what's there and make it work. Versus knowing your kind of storyboard ahead of time. I want to shoot something with a staff, something with this, something with this. There's the big pieces, now B-roll. Yeah. How do you approach that? So I don't typically go into any safari or any experience trying to, with, with a, a, a list, set list of, of, shots i'd like to get i don't have a storyboard i don't work like that do you make it up um, as you go i make it up as i go like it's i want to film this now I yeah do it. yeah and look i'm i'm also all about wildlife so for me uh, you know i don't get too caught up in filming cultural things and things yeah. like that. i like to just enjoy those things and give the people eye to eye respect and so forth yeah um that's not to say i haven't filmed them but for those people that are looking to to put together like an overall safari thing mm -hmm. i don't think they get too caught up on it i mean yeah. if you're a professional you're a professional and you will get into it yourself you know you'll know what you're looking for in terms of those sort of things but don't get too caught up on it just have fun film little snippets here and there make mm. sure you stabilize make sure it's good quality um and really you don't need to film five minutes of people dancing around the fire you need 10 15 seconds <laughs> that's the same as taking 40 footage. shots not 10. yeah exactly 20 frames per second yeah. is not necessary um so yeah just get little snippets but really at the end of the day if you're going on a safari the main thing you're going on it for is wildlife mm. so make sure that you're filming that really nicely and you know i'll often film things maybe for a minute two minutes at the max just um and and you know not really even paying attention to what's happening in the frame just 
trying to get the best quality, the best stabilization and so forth. And if something should happen in that one minute to two minutes, awesome. I mean, obviously with animal behavior, you know when something's going to, or you you like to think you know when something's going to happen. Um, And then you should be rolling, but then it's a big catch-22, should you be photographing or or rolling? Where do you go? Um, You photograph. Photograph, yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's the one thing with me. It's um, photography is my game. That's what I really enjoy. And, And it's always nice to grab a good piece of footage of a lion snarling at another lion sure. or whatever, but that photograph is also, you know, much more, mm. uh, um, uh, you know, I hold it far more highly than, than, the, than the video. Do you yeah. find people struggle with that choice? Because from the, I'm speaking out of correction, like the Nikon D90, 70, somewhere was the first one with video, 90 maybe, can't remember. Yeah, shit, I don't know. But, but since yeah. then, people, a lot of people, yeah. And they've never shot video in their life. Now suddenly they have the choice to, and mm. it freaks them out. Because what should I do? Yeah, it's funny how Nikon did that. They changed the game by being the first ones to put video mm-hmm. into their cameras, and they just made it work like absolute hogwash yeah. uh, for like a decade yeah. after that. Until now, with their new mirrorless, now yeah. they're kind of on, on it. But um, um, Sorry, what was your question? on? So, what advice would yeah. you give to someone? Yeah. They normally photograph. They're not a professional. They just take it fun. Yeah. And now it's this choice. Do I video this or do I photograph this? When do they do which one? I, that's the impossible <laughs> answer, right? Um, yeah, look, it really depends. I mean, people give, give video a try because I think and, – and forget about photography for a – for an afternoon. You have to go whatever. all in one way or the yeah, other. Yeah, just, just go all in and see if video really is something that you um, are wanting to go down the rabbit hole with because photography you might know and understand. Cool, mm. important to Lightroom, do my edits. It's really a lot of work to do. Yeah. Um, video is exponentially more. It's making sure things oh, are stabilized. It takes a long time. You're going to sit at your, in order to produce sort of a one minute, two minute, really high quality video, you're going to sit there for two, three hours. Easy. Whereas you can export out 10, 20 amazing photographs yeah. in, in an hour, Yeah. you know, if, if you're quick. So just bear that in mind that going down the video rabbit hole, it's not just as simple as, oh, let me just record on my camera and see what I get. No, yeah. no, no. You have to make these things all work together. 100%. And it has to be conducive. Um, so it is a lot more work that's coming mm. your way. So try video, see if you like it. If you like it, then, you, you know, you either go two ways. I know with Brit, my wife, for example, she's not really interested in taking stills. Yes. She just wants to video everything and, mm. and, and edit everything. Um, so you might find yourself going that way. And to go on a photographic safari as a videographer yeah. is just as awesome as going oh, as a 100%. photographer. 100%. The you stuff know? you could get. Yeah. yeah. Um, as long as you've got the gear to get it. There is yeah. that. You're liking the Z9. Loving it. Yeah. yeah, loving it. Um, I've been doing a few videos on it. Um, Is it on the more, YouTube channel? It's on our YouTube channel um, and on the blog. Okay. I uh, just did some button, la- ma- uh, you know, custom button mm. mapping uh, and then just a quick um, setup of the camera, just yeah. the basic setups, you know, warmth and. Because I, I know, I mean, we spoke about this as well. There was a lot of people waiting for this thing. Was, was. the wait worth it? Yeah, yeah, it was. I mean, I was shooting on D850s. Amazing cameras. Mm. And I mean, for the longest time, I was sitting looking at the D850 going, well, this thing's doing everything I need. Do I really need to go and spend five and a half thousand dollars or six thousand dollars on another camera? I know that I need to move into the mirrorless market. I I know, you know, one of the things that becomes quite frustrating with what we do is that you, you run into your clients or your guests that have like exponentially more modern equipment than you do. Um, And so you kind of have to just bite the bullet and figure out how can you afford this? How can you get to the next level? Um, and I mean, for better or for worse, I was quite lucky. I had two cameras get completely bombed out on me in uh, Botswana. Bombed out as in? Uh, well, we were chasing, shit, what was it? 
lions or dogs or whatever okay. but you know they're in the delta going through one of the floodplains it's no roads it's like yeah, super yeah. bumpy and just trying to go quite quickly to get across i think the lions were hunting or something like that and uh, we hit a bump and i was holding my z6 with my 70 to 200 on my lap and the d850 mm-hmm. uh, next to me here and um we hit a bump i was sitting in the back row which we all know is the mad row and uh boom both cameras i watched it happen in slow motion oh, and they both shit. both i mean the d850 just landed so the, the three it went like that. The 300 <laughs> went up into the air and it landed on the back of the D850. Oh, God. Boom. And uh, the Z6, I don't know what happened, fell by my feet. Cracked. Z6 actually cracked all the way through. The whole body cracked. Uh, the, the body cracked? Yeah, the whole body cracked. The whole shell. Uh, the battery would no longer come in and out unless you got like a tool to force it in and out. Oh, my God. Uh, and then the D850 had major issues in terms of like trying to, it just wasn't, getting the color right. It was shooting super green or super magenta. It was all over the show. It was overexposing. Oh, man. So I reset defaults. That kind of sorted it out for the most part, but it just kept having these kind of flashbacks and memory card issues and whatever. Look, I'd had it for like four years at that point. I think I did 130,000 shots on it. Shit, okay. And anyway, they were both comprehensively insured. Got back. I mean, I had to get through that safari of like two, three weeks. Was this in the beginning of the trip? Yeah, this was in the beginning of the oh, trip. Nice. So, okay. And it was my D850, not Wilder. You know, yes, so yeah. I didn't yeah. have any further backup equipment mm. with me. These were my two cameras. and they sure. were both, The Z6 was working fine. but I just couldn't Even get with it. the crack? Even with the crack. Holy it hell. was fine. Um, but uh, yeah, so with the crack, insurance did say that they would pay it out. They paid out for the D850. And essentially what that allowed me to do was like a blessing in disguise. Because, you know, yeah. at the time, very stressful. But afterwards cool insurance said cool you insured for this sort of stuff they paid for both they paid for both and that gave me a lump sum that was made the z9 fairly palatable got to buy it was nowhere near what it was actually going to cost me but yes um it gave me a good chunk of change towards getting a z9 uh, I'd been on the waiting list for the Z9 for over a year. I remember you said and so. And that, yeah. that kind of lined up as well. As I got hold of insurance to say this has happened, they said, cool, we'll pay you this much. Uh, you I received got an, an email. email from Lapis at Outdoor Photo. He was like, we've got your Z9. They're coming in in two, three days. Oh, so wow. So I was like, well, shit. Well, it's meant to be. Yeah, it's meant to be. So I said, please hold me one. Unfortunately, it didn't come in time for me to get to Lake Nakura and Amicelli yes. with it. So I had to then go do that safari with a D850 still. Kind of so, limping through yeah, it. Yeah, no, it was fine. <laughs> and uh, then when I got back, I managed to get the Z9 and I got to, got to field tested for a good three weeks straight safari after that. Uh, and it has been, yeah. yeah, it's groundbreaking. I mean, it's, it's really cool. I, I know the, Z, uh, the, the A1s and the, the mm. R, R3s, 37s, whatever they are these days, yeah. Canon people. Um, <laughs> <laughs> what do you I know do, that really? they do amazing things. And yeah. not the R3, I, I prefer the R5. I'm a high megapixel guy. Yeah. If it's not over 40 megapixels, yeah. I'm really not interested. And yes, folks, it is always nice to get close to your subject. But as a full-time wildlife photographer, I can tell you that it is not always possible 100%. and it becomes unethical when you try and get Yo, there's lines. two meters away from a wild dog or whatever it is because you want to get a beautiful eye shot yeah the way you do that is by putting a good piece of glass on there um and you crop into it yeah that is how agreed my wildlife photographers are getting these good shots and the way that you do that is by having a good quality high megapixel yeah. camera readout uh with good glass on it 100%. um so yeah, that's always been my, my big draw card. But I think with like the IAF and things like that, yeah, I think Nikon's still got some catching up to do in terms of like mm. the A1, the R3, R5. Yeah. Um, but it is super good at focusing. It's a whole different thing to get used to as well. Um, you're kind of relying on the camera a lot. Yes. And that's one thing I've picked up on with mirrorless is people tend to rely on their cameras where you need to rely on yourself. It's, it's not a, the be all and end. It's I'm still sure it's photography. It's all photography. You still have yes. to. And, and one of the things that I did on my Z9 was map 
uh, one of the function buttons mm -hmm. uh, to go back to old school, move your focal point around. Oh, nice. and, and you find yourself using it a lot. Yeah. Uh, I've told people with A1s to do that, R3s, R5s, whatever it is, and it helps them a lot yeah. because they kind of just think, oh, this focusing system is failing me because the leopard is now walking away and there's no eye to photograph. Yes. So now your camera is doing whatever it wants. Yeah. Whereas when you, what you can do is just go back to old school, move that focal point, get it over the tail mm. or whatever it is. And it also becomes quite frustrating when you're yeah. kind of trying to photograph a leopard's foot hanging out of a tree. and It's all over the place. Yeah, people are like, why, well, you know, I have to now go back through the menu and whatever. But just, but just yeah. that, just them struggling in that situation and not being able to focus on the thing, mm. not knowing. So two things, I think it makes people lazy. Yeah. And for new photographers, it makes them not pay attention to the basics. Absolutely. And that's a yeah. big problem. Yeah. Well, I remember having a, a guest... Um, couple of years back when I first started well I think it was my first tomorrow week or whatever mm. and and uh, and I've run into this issue quite a bit where people have the new R5 or R6 or whatever and A1 and they kind of forget that you still have to move the camera because of this focusing <laughs> yeah. and you kind of run into that issue and it's like no no you still have yeah. to move the camera with yeah. the subject as it's flying yeah, it doesn't do everything as it's flying through your frame you know you you still have to give the camera a fighting chance as you pan with that animal or bird or whatever it is yeah. to, to lock onto the aisle yeah um, so it's quite it's quite strange how people and it's it's just a mistake in that moment they yes, are yes, very yes. much intelligent enough to know that they need to still move their camera and probably a month before that yeah. they were because they were yeah. on a D850 or something yeah, so yeah. it was it is D an interesting dynamic yeah it is it is so the mirrorless world has changed a lot um, you know I don't know if I'm all here for it just yet yeah oh. uh, that D850 was a hell of a camera you still uh, use it uh, or is it gone now my, it's finished no, I've got it. Um, I don't know, I might take it in to get repaired or, yeah. or whatever it might be. I know it's going to cost me a fortune to do that. Insurances pay out, but it would be nice to have that still in my backpack. But yeah. what I now shoot on is, is typically the Z6, which mm. I've managed to still make work for me to a certain degree until it rains. And, the Z9. Oh, yeah, and then the Z9, yeah. But mm, nice I find myself just going with one body now. Mm. Um, so I have the Z6, but the Z9 is so nice because you can just flick straight between videography and photography. So it's a single click it's button. It's just a click and you're filming. And nice. a click back and you're photographing and okay. it's so quick and efficient. So, yeah. Let's have a look at it one yeah. day. It's, uh, I've heard so many guests have wanted that thing. Mm. It's mm. been amazing. Yeah, it's pretty cool to see Nikon back on the scene as well. I mean, That's I did a safari last year where it was just Nikon, mm. which is kind of strange. Usually That's it's really cool. like eight Canons, one Nikon and a Sony or whatever. Yeah. You know? So Canon is always the but top moment. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's nice to see Nikon actually coming back. And, and yeah. When are you traveling again? May. And how many days out in the field this year? Have you had a look? I think I was sitting on 129 last night. Where's checked. your sweet spot for, for sure. travel days? Uh, I, I don't know. You know, I've only worked with Wildow now for going on two years. You had a big um, year last year, didn't I you? I had a huge year last year and it yeah. burns. It burned quite heavily. Yeah. Uh, so it was quite a big wake-up call for me and what my limitations were. You know, I think... When I first came into Wild Eye, mm -hmm. I was under the impression that it's kind of like, oh, you'll, you'll be away from home sort of a week to, to 10 days a month. Mm. I thought that was kind of the flow of things, sure. January, February, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, I didn't quite realize that it would be these, uh, and, and you, know, it's, you know, you have a private leading into a scheduled, leading into another private back to a and schedule. And suddenly it ends up being... Yeah, and last week I did seven weeks on the trot. Just seven straight weeks, and uh, and then came back. I had three days at home, and then I was out again for ten days, back for two days, and then out for three weeks again. So it was kind of like between June and December. Gee. I think that entire time I had four weeks at home. What's the most challenging part yeah. for you? Because because there's a lot of young guides listening, yeah, and they're like, oh my god, I want to be Luke. I want to be out in all these places. What's the most challenging thing? <laughs> you don't want to be me, folks. No, <laughs> <laughs> one's enough, um, man. <laughs> look, I think you know, I'm. I'm also, uh, 
a young father. Um, I don't know if I could say young anymore, but I'm a father recently. Um, How old is Lennon now? He's going on two. Okay. He'll be two in March. Mm -hmm. um, and that's probably the trickiest thing is just knowing that you're kind of leaving your wife at home and she's now dealing with all of the chaos that comes with that. Um, luckily, our, both our parents are pretty nearby and that, that helps. helps a lot. Um, but I think the thing that I, I mean, obviously, that's the thing I struggle with the most is just that that longing to be home and just to be making sure my family's safe and, and all sorts of things. Um, but it is, it's, it's, it's hours, it's days, it's, you know, and it and adds up, it adds up. And one of the, the worst feelings is like, cool, just got to the, I don't know, Eastern Serengeti for yeah. the first time ever, never seen this place before. Who doesn't want to go to the Eastern Serengeti? Sure. And you're in these incredible, incredible places and being able to maintain a, a positive outlook on where you are and what you're doing there is, mm. is quite tricky. That's so you kind of. Uh, it's very frustrating. You, very, you get yeah. frustrated with yourself because you're not actually appreci you're not appreciating things yeah. to the max. I've, I've had this discussion with guests, with some of our staff and everybody, and then in the podcast mm. as well, is how, because what people see online and what they hear, young guys, oh my God, I want to seven weeks and home for 10 days and I can get more pictures. Da, da, da. Yeah. But like you say, being in a place like the Eastern Serengeti or you like Grumeti or you go yeah. into these Singitas and all these, inc where people would give their left balls to go there. Yeah. You find yourself there, yeah. you're getting paid to be there. People are looking at you for inspiration and it sounds dreamlike, mm. but those moments, and I know exactly, those moments where you go to your room at the end of the day and you just sit and you think, fuck, that's long. Yeah. Then you gotta try and get hold of home. Yeah. Next morning you wake up and you're like, oh man, I've got four weeks to go. Yeah. yeah. That shit's real. Yeah. Now, now, our guests listening to this, they must understand that this is what we do. Yeah. We will always deliver the high end. Yeah. But there is the reality. How do you manage that when you get to that point? What do you do? Uh, you know, I don't know. It's, I, I, I don't know how to answer that. I don't know if I do anything in particular. Just to, head down and go? It. Yeah, look, I, I always manage to pull myself together. Um, my wife is a good, incredible rock for me as well when I need just support and picking up. The team's really good. You know, there hasn't been one safari where, where yourself or Trevor or mm. AB hasn't reached, even Jono hasn't sure. reached out just to check in to make sure you're doing okay. Um, it's nice to be checked in on. Of course, it doesn't help all that much, no, but it's, it's nice, just nice to know yeah. that. Yeah. Um, but I think it's, it's much the same as, you know, a lot of guides that would be listening to this and maybe wanting to do what we do are based in lodges. Sure. And how do you feel on day 39 of 42 of your cycle? Having driving every day, having twice a day. Driving every day, twice a day, because that's still what you're doing, essentially. Um, and then, the, you know, suddenly at, on the last day, your manager says to you, oh, you've got a request. Would you mind pushing your yeah. leave back by another week? And you're not even like in your that. own room or your own stuff. You're moving from a different place to yeah. a different place to yeah. a different place. You're living yeah. out of a suitcase. Yeah, you're living out of a suitcase. Your back's always sore from carrying all this camera equipment. Um you know, I'm not going <laughs> to whinge. It's an incredible job. I love Look, it beats a nine to five. Yeah. Make no mistake. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I, yeah. I, I'm chatting to after you. I'm going to chat to Elisma and the finance yeah. girls. I take my hat off to them. Yeah. Sit and stare at spreadsheets all day. Yeah. I'll lose my shit. No way. You know what I mean? Yeah. So there's definitely the gratitude for it. Yeah. But, and, but, but I do think it's, it's valuable for us as guide team members stuff to talk about this so you know you're not alone because every yeah. single one of the guys feels the same. Yeah. yeah. It's hard. Fuck, when you get to October... And you're 120 days in, and you got to still do three weeks. Yeah. And you haven't been home for two. That shit's real. Yeah, no, it is. But just, yeah, just kind of putting it out there. It's, it, it is. Yeah. I, I always try and go the gratitude route. It's hard. Wake yeah. up and you think I'm in this little guide room at Mala Mala, which, guys, you need to up your game, man. 
Seriously. <laughs> I don't know. I've been to some Perlas. Yo, you, you've told me some shockers. Marla Marla's got a fridge <laughs> and a kettle. That's all you need. And some Wi-Fi and, and then, a bathroom. Bathroom is like key. Yeah, yeah decent. Key, like, yeah. Then you wake up in these guide rooms and you're like, oh, here we go again. But then you step outside and you just take a second and you think, okay, cool, listen. Mm. Look on Google Maps where I am. I'm in this place. Yeah. There's a lion roaring. Cool. This yeah. is cool. Yeah. And then it becomes, it's that one more day thing. I'm just yeah. going to finish today. And so on and so forth. Yeah, yeah. But it's a well. Look, none of us sit there in a beautiful leopard site and going, "Oh my god, yeah, this so sucks." <laughs> At those points in time, you kind of just sit there going, "Holy shit, that's beautiful!" Like mm. it doesn't matter how many times you see a leopard in a tree or whatever yeah. it's doing, a cheetah, whatever, yeah. even a cool elephant swimming mm. sighting. Um, in those moments, you're not thinking about anything yeah. else but it, that beautiful <laughs> thing in front of you. It kind of helps yeah. when guests say, "Oh, check, it's Monday morning. We're watching a leopard. Everybody else in traffic." Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, exactly yeah. that. Yeah, that. yeah, not a terrible place to be. No. Um, so yeah, I mean those those sort of moments definitely, uh, you you phase out. You go back into like, mm. hey, this is amazing. Um, and in the long run, we yeah. remember the good stuff. Oh yeah, so yeah. yeah. But it is hard when you get to like a, a camp. You're a private guide, and they've shafted you with the most outrageous place to stay, and you kind of looking down the barrel. Your recent one was a bit of a shocker. Eh? This one place. Yeah, I had a shocker. Yeah. We won't say the, the camps name, no. but I, I've had a few shockers along the way, as you have, I'm sure. Mm. I don't know, maybe as the director of Wild Eye, you get special treatment. Not always, no. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, you know, you say Marla Marla, but they've always been really good. I mean, mm. uh, I remember getting there and Vusi coming straight up to me and be like, hey, hey Wild Eye never doesn't, you know, if yeah. we have a room available. I give them that. Go, yeah. When there's a yeah. room, they will always upgrade yeah. us. I yeah. give them that 100%. Yeah. Which is yeah. always nice, you know. Uh, but yeah, there's some real pearlers out there, and it's it, that's one of the tricky things as mm. well. You know, I'm I'm not a very luxurious human being. It's nice to stay in all of these nice rooms, but you know, just some surface area, basics. Put some stuff, stuff down. Like you say, bathroom, yeah. Wi-Fi, kettle. I'm yeah. pretty good with that. And a, and a bathroom that isn't a toilet shower, like a wet bathroom you find on a ship. Yeah, and not it's that. The size of half a quarter of this room that we're in right yeah. now, and it's the shower spraying onto the toilet. <laughs> yeah. You know, you try to have a, you know, go and sit on the loo at five o'clock in the morning after you shower the night before and your to- your bathroom's still an inch under water. Oh, that's great. You know, they it's do, just so great. They did provide a squeegee <laughs> to squeegee. Oh, well, this is nice. Yeah, so it? that was nice. So it's those, you know, those sort of things do add up. And that's, so you get back to that room and you're like, oh my God, I've got eight days of this and I've slept on safari for another two weeks before I get home. Um, but when you're out in the bush, the next morning you see things, a leopard and you yeah, go, you're not thinking about that and 100%. longing for home, you, you, you know, so yeah. you still love what you do and yeah. yeah. Which of your trips this year are you looking forward to most? Um, or is there anything that you're planning that you're looking forward to? Uh, sure. This year I'm doing, uh, Zambia, Zimbabwe, uh, with, uh, Elizabeth Storms. Mm-hmm. Shout out to Biz. Hey Biz. Um, and yeah, I'm looking forward to that one. Uh, it'll just be the two of us. Um, nice. I have warned her of the cell reception, Wi-Fi reception. What time of year is this? Uh, we got the sweet spot July, August. Okay, you're not so. doing that October hell month where no, it's like the surface of the sun. No, I uh, think my dear Canadian friend would melt. Yes, she would. Yes, she would. Yeah, so Good call, Biz. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, we, we actually have three safaris planned together this year. We nice. start off in May, June. We go to uh, Grumeti, Singita. Nice. It's going to be amazing. It's your first yeah. time there? No, we did the Western Sector. End of last year mm-hmm. at Ambiond. It was amazing. Lots of lions. We really loved the area. We only did three nights, so we wanted to just test it. And uh, she definitely wants to go back. So That's this time awesome. we're going to do like a full dive into into the area. Power. Um, and also stay with Singita, who has that beautiful private yes. concession. You know, Singita. They're always in the good I'm sure spots. their guide room will be all right. I hope so. You know. Um, yeah, let's see. <laughs> no uh, pressure. Yeah, no pressure. <laughs> um, and then, so that's May, June, back for like two weeks, and then we meet up again to go do um, 
South Africa, Zimbabwe, and Zambia. Nice. You know? so, Good yeah, combo. Okay. Manipul, South Luangwa, Lower Zambezi, mm-hmm. um, Wangi, and then down to Ingala in nice. Greater Kruger. Hopefully, we see the white lines. That's yes. one of the main reasons to go there. Okay. And then later in the year, we have, geez, Louise. I can't remember. Oh, Mara North concessions. Oh, right. So all the Kacheche kind of. Okay. Yeah, we're doing a full dive on Kacheche. Nice list. Yeah. So pretty cool. There's a lot going on this year. Other than that, the schedule so far is I'm doing a Madagascar. Mm-hmm. Is that this? Yeah. That's this year. Three, yeah. yeah. Have I'm you been? Never been to Madagascar Amazing before. place, man. It yeah. I'm, I'm super, super keen to see Madagascar. Yeah. Um, I think there's still two spots available mm. on that if anyone wants to join us. Yeah. Um, Wait, what month is that? Uh, I need to look. Okay. But people can email Luke, Luke at Wild Out of to yeah, find out. Yeah, <laughs> check out my Facebook page. It's the banner. <laughs> oh, there you go. Easy. Um, uh, so, yeah, I'm looking forward to Madagascar. Um, I've never been there before, so anyone that is joining me, let's go take some shots together mm. and see what we can get. Um, chameleons, th- lemurs. Yeah, I think you're going to enjoy it. I mean, just yeah. almost at the end, yeah. What would you describe? Do, do you have a style of photography? How would you describe your personal photography? Is there a style? Um, color. Okay. Color, yeah. Um, that's my personal thing. I, I love color. I, I sometimes will produce a black and white image, and then I look at it and go, but the color, the color is like this. This is what yeah. speaks to me, which is tricky because as no, a wildlife sure. photographer, color is not considered fine art and artistic enough, no, and I, I don't understand where There's that a comes whole discussion. From. There's a whole discussion there. Capturing good color is far harder yeah. than capturing black and yeah. white. I think um, Madagascar is going to speak to you because the color is amazing, but what I like there, both from a teaching point of view and photography, is Anything you find, you can walk around. You can, your angles, because you can, if there's a lemur hanging over here and there's, you got a 360, you can walk everywhere. You can go underneath yeah. top. So the ability to compose freely and move around mm. is phenomenal. And it's easy because these things don't run away. Yeah, pretty They don't give a shit. Yeah. They're there, even with the chameleons and stuff. The one exercise I remember, so if there's a chameleon in between us here, small little thing, I'm not yeah. this big. So I had all the guests behind me and I said to the guide, take your torch for the evening walks in the forest on that side. And we got a full room. Yes. And then I said to him, you guys keep shooting and just take the light. So he brought the light over towards us mm. and just that change all the time. Shoot, shoot. So yeah, I'm the, the creative ability is phenomenal. Yeah. You're going to love it. Yeah, I did. I used that photograph of yours for my oh, did little, you? little reel. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Oh, yes. That's I did see that. poached all your photographs. That's fine. Real, take them. So, <laughs> what copyright? Oh, well, exactly. <laughs> but Luke, listen, yeah. um, we have stuff to do. You've got to go and help Trevor and them because they struggle with videos. So you can go and help them out. Yeah. Um, <laughs> thanks for your time. And yeah, proud to have you on the team, man. Cool. Thanks Good so stuff. much, G. Thanks, guys. Thanks for listening. We'll chat to you soon. Bye. Cheers, folks.